The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Three places where we're going to talk about Emmanuel coming. First of all, Emmanuel means that God is with us. First of all, he is with us in the valley. Now, I think you'll all agree with me. We'd much rather live on the mountaintop. Would you agree? Okay, since I have a kid out in Colorado, we have made many trips out there, and we have climbed to the tops of many, like, 14,000-foot mountains. And by we, I mean our car. Uh, that we have gone, well, my kids climb up too, but we take the car. And uh, in fact, I didn't get permission to tell this story, but uh, so I might be in a little trouble later. But we, we took the uh, railroad up to Pikes Peak. Some of you might have seen that, the Cog Railway. And we got up there and we, we got off, I won't say who, but somebody that was with me was very lightheaded. And we had to like, oh, hey, okay, honey, sit down here for a while. Uh, I think I'm in trouble, actually. I don't know. I don't think I got permission to share that story. But uh, we, uh, but when we finally came to our senses and got regrouped, we were, you stood there. If you have ever had that experience of just looking out from the mountaintop, and we actually, it was in one of the songs today, look, looking down from the mountain, everything like that. But here's the thing. As much as we love the mountaintop, that is the place where we enjoy God the most. I think many times the place where we get to know him the most is in the valley. And the valley is often, you know, a time, you look at Scripture, it's the place of battles. It is the place of discouragement. It is the place sometimes you think of darkness and that in the rough times there. But it is many times not on the mountaintop, but when we realize that God is with us in the valleys, that we actually are able to really uh, draw close to him and know him better. And I'd like you just to think of your life for a couple moments, and, and uh, maybe today is a day of mountaintop. Maybe, you know, holidays just ended, and, and you say, hey, we've kind of been living on the mountaintop. Maybe there's a place of valley. Maybe, I think this is the case with many of us, there is an area of our life that we look at and say, hey, basically my life's rolling along, but this area right here is a valley. You know, maybe it's a job situation, maybe it's a family situation, uh, maybe it's a health situation, and you say, man, I have a lot of areas where I could say I'm living on the mountaintop, but yet there are some valleys here like this. And that we can lean into the idea that God is the God in the valley. The psalmist wrote this, he said, blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, I'm going to come back to that in a second, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. Uh, but talking about that strength there, if I do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, if He is not part of my life, then what that means is when I come to the end of my strength, then I'm out. I'm But because I know Him, when I come to the end of my strength, I have His strength. We have in our household a piece of furniture uh, that was given to us by, I don't want to mention any names, but his initials are father-in-law, that um, we didn't actually order. It is a giant cedar chest, and we, we've had conflict over this giant cedar chest because our house isn't that big, and this thing is like really big. So we keep it in the guest room, but whenever get now follow this, we keep it in the guest room, but whenever guests come, we have to move it out so they have room. Uh, so as our guests were coming last week, friends, I used to go in and just pick that baby up, give it a bear hug, and lug it out to the garage. 
quite frankly, can't do that anymore. Uh, so now, I'm, I, Francis helped me get it out there, and that was a lovely moment in our marriage. Uh, we got out to the garage before everybody came, and I thought, well, at least, uh, at least I was smart enough to catch my son before he left. And said, in fact, the car was loaded up. I said, we got to do one thing. I said, you got to move that cedar chest back in with me. And it made it so much easier because my son is 30 years old and strong and everything like that, and I only had to have it hold up my half and everything like that. But his is the strength. Let me tell you one other goofy story here. I'll give you a condensed version. I've told the whole story before. There was a time when we were whitewater rafting and I went overboard. And uh, I hadn't listened to any of the safety instructions, so I was struggling to get up back up into the boat. And uh, we were coming up to some more rapids. And finally, the, the, the raft guides looked on and screamed at me, put your arms down to your side. And I was like, that doesn't seem like a good plan. Uh, but she said it pretty forcefully. So I put my arms down to my side. And my wife, who had been listening to the safety instructions, reached over, grabbed me by the shoulder pads of my life jacket, and shoved me underwater. Which at that time, I thought... That life insurance was not a good idea. I don't think I should have purchased that because she got this look and she just shoved me under and then she got the buoyancy and she yanked me back up and I went like Flipper went flying back up into the boat. Uh, but I, I just remember the... the uh, by the way, I almost drowned in the boat because there was so much water. We had just gone through the rapids that my head was wedged underneath one of them little buffers. But anyway, uh, there's a lot more to that story. However, what I do want you to re remember is that here I am struggling. I am fighting to do everything, and finally that girl says, stop it, put your arms down, and Francis, you're up, uh, and there's a time when I just say, my strength isn't going to do it, my strength is not going to do it, blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord, and this word baka here is kind of interesting when you study it, because uh, it, ha it, it ties very closely to a type of tree that they had in the valleys, and these trees would just ooze sap like crazy. So the word actually means like a, a tree of tears because it was always oozing the sap. This is the tree of tears. This is the tree of hardship. Uh, this is a, the tree of struggles as far as that goes. But if we can remember, and folks, I'm going to say this knowing that this is a tough thing to remember, but our deepest needs often become a gift when they drive us to dependency on God. Okay, that's, that's tough to swallow. Our deepest needs become a gift from God when they drive us to dependency on Him. Because once again, if I'm going through life on my own, my strength is all I've got, but I live life that at the end of my strength is His strength. Uh, okay, come on, that's good, right? That's exciting to think about. We sang a lot about this stuff today. I was just like, Francis, this is, this is my sermon. I was so excited. But, uh, you know, I get, I get pretty amused pretty easily. Okay, ready? Second place that we know that God is with us is in the wilderness. Okay? I think the Scripture makes this very plain. When we think of wilderness, we think of a time of wandering. We think of wandering a lot of times alone. Uh, we kind of feel isolated, kind of maybe even feel like God isn't even around us. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but a lot of times the times of the wilderness wandering come right after a high point. Uh, think about our Savior that was baptized, and this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, and then where did He go right after that? Out into the wilderness. But one example that I want you to think about with me for a few moments was a guy by the name of Elijah. Uh, in the uh, book of 1 Kings, like through 17, 18, and 19, there's one of the coolest stories about Elijah. And some of you might remember this, even from junior church or something like that. But remember the story of Elijah? I don't know if kids can help me out or not. Elijah uh, had a great challenge. Does anybody remember where it was? It was on Mount Carmel. 
Right. I heard it from nobody. Uh, but they had this great challenge between the prophets of Baal, hundreds of prophets of Baal and Elijah. And the prophets of Baal, the deal was they were going to put a cow in in the middle of this altar and ask their God to consume it. And the prophets of Baal are doing all these cutting themselves and crying out and almost torturing themselves, saying, God, answer, Baal. Come on, answer. And Elijah's over there going, and this is not an exaggeration. Elijah's over there going, hey, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe your God is in the restroom. Okay, read it. It actually says that. Uh, maybe he's not relieving himself. He's taking a break somewhere, and Elijah has kind of a good time with it. And then finally, he just gets up, and he says, God, we got to Abraham. Take care of this. And the fire comes, and Elijah has this incredible victory. Well, right afterwards, Ahab, who was kind of a wimpy king at the time, uh, his wife got tired of him, and she stepped up, and she said, ah, I'm going to kill Elijah. He's going to be dead in 24 hours. And Elijah took off running to the wilderness. In fact, Elijah ran. If you look at the story, it's about 100 miles. I mean, he did a, yeah, he did a full-fledged forest gump. I just ran, and I ran, uh, and I ran. So he's like 100 miles out into the wilderness, and there he is, and God comes and talks to him. Basically, he says, God, uh, Elijah, what are you doing here? But I wanted you to see a couple of the verses from this story. Um, again, this is in 19 now, but it, sa- it says, Go and stand in the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. There was a great and strong wind that tore the mountains and broke it into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. So I was teasing with Barry this morning. Some, you have to be old to remember this, but that means the Lord was not in the earth, the wind, or the fire. Earth, wind, fire, you get it. Uh, but... Sorry, worst joke of the year. I had to end with it. Uh, okay, but, uh, but, but it says this. and th- Oh, don't miss this. And after the fire, there was the sound of a little whisper. And God didn't show up in the extraordinary, if you will. God showed up in a still, small voice there in a whisper. And I read this this week, and I just loved it. Why did God whisper? Because he was close because he was there. And so often the devil shouts his lies and God whispers his truth because he's right there beside us in the midst of that. And in the wilderness, in the wilderness, we find God is there. Listen, often the most spiritual thing that we can do is to sit and rest in the presence of God and just listen to that whisper. I mean, we always think, oh, no, i got to take off here. But often the most spiritual thing we can do is just allow God to speak to me in the ordinary. Just allow God to recharge me, just to sit in the presence of God. Okay, save my favorite one for last. Are you ready? Okay, so we got, got wait, quick review. God is with us. First of all, remember, remember the first one, God is with us in the valley. Oh, you are all over it. I, I'm up to like six or seven people listening. This is great. Uh, God is with us in the valley, and God is with us in the wilderness, and thirdly, most definitely, God is with us in the storm. Uh, if you're thinking of a good story for a storm, you probably think right away of Peter walking on the water. We're not going to go there. We're going to look at something in the life of Paul in a minute here. But would you just consider with me, and this will be great, encouraging words from your pastor, storm's coming, or you're in the storm, or you just got through the storm. Uh, I see, you know, you look at the weather, and I guess, uh, I, I heard this for Chicago, I assume for most of around here, this is the latest that we've ever had a, a decent snowstorm. I mean, we haven't really had Diddley, right? Uh, but you know it's coming, right? 
If it doesn't come this year, it's going to come next year. It's coming. I'm sorry if you're totally convinced the earth has warmed up and we'll never have snow. I don't think you're right. I think we're having snow. Uh, another storm is coming. And that's a great encouraging word from your pastor. Hey, if you're not in the storm, another storm's going to come. I don't know if, you were, if any of you will remember this, but we were going through Philippians in November, and on a couple occasions I said, hey, in my life right now, I don't know, I wasn't facing much of a storm. And I, but I did say at the time, I said, I realize this is the season I'm in right now. I expect storms to come. And lo and behold, December came. Uh, and, uh, and sure enough, December has had more than its share of, of storms and waves and everything like that blowing in. And, you know, great encouraging word, Pastor. If things aren't hard, they'll get hard. Uh, you know, things are tough as, as, as far as that goes. But to focus on and remember a couple things about God's presence. Oh, by the way, I looked up, you know, how you, you get a bad storm, you name it. So I looked up a couple hurricane names. There was a Hurricane Francis. You know, I'm really going to be in trouble today, aren't I? Uh, but Hurricane Francis 2004 was the second worst storm, ravaged Florida. Beat the snot out of Florida, Hurricane Francis. 2006, there was a Hurricane Daniel. That was also the second worst storm of the season, but it, by the time it got landfall in Hawaii, it barely brought some rain. I don't know what all that means other than I might have a lonely afternoon. Okay, uh, but I just, I just kind of want to share that. I want to look up about those storms. But here, with storms, the presence of storms in our life often makes it hard to recognize the presence of God. Would you agree? Sometimes with the presence of storms in our life make it hard to recognize the presence of God. So I wanted to look, and again, uh, oh, I'm sorry. First of all, Paul wrote this before we look at a story here, but he said, at my first offense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them, those who uh, weren't there. But I love this phrase, but the Lord stood by me, and he strengthened me. Okay? So that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed. All the Gentiles may hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. But he said, the Lord stood by me and strengthened me in the midst of the storm. Now, let's go back and look at one of these storms in Paul's life. In the book of Acts chapter 27, there's a story of a great shipwreck. And literally, the worst storm that Paul hit. Because it would have been thought, and they all did think, that they were going to die in this storm. Now, some of you might remember this because the Apostle Paul showed his humanity a little bit is the first thing that he walked up and told them in the midst of the storm is basically, I told you so. Okay, here they are. We're going to die. Paul said, I think I told you not to go. Okay, I think I told you. Now, I, I want you to think about that sometime because a lot of times when we get in the storm, if we have done something stupid to put us there, we figure, okay, we just got to fight our way out of it. My wife uh, makes fun of me a little bit because I have vivid childhood memories. I don't, is that, man, if that gets worse when I get older, I'm going to be a total mess. Uh, I just thought about that because I'm already pretty bad. Uh, but uh, here's one of my memories that I always have, okay? We grew up in this neighborhood that was a, a very city-like neighborhood. We had sidewalks and curbs, and against the curbs was these old storm drains that you go down into. Strict rule in my house, if, the, if, the, if your ball goes down in the sewer, you're not allowed to go down there and get it. It's dirty. So I'm out there playing off these stairs one day. My new ball rolled down into the sewer. Didn't see anybody. Crawled down in to get it. So I crawled. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the curb, and it has that opening that the water goes in. So I crawl in there. I'm in the sewer. I could not get back out. I could not get my head back out. 
I could not, <laughs> I don't know if my head grew while I was in there or what, uh, but I'm there going like this, and, and pretty soon I'm crying, I'm in this storm grave crying, and this lady walks by, and hears us crying, and says, help me, go get my mother, uh, so we just lived a couple doors up the street, my mother comes down, okay, I'm not making this up, yeah, if you know my mother, uh, she's standing there, and she, this was her favorite statement of hers, well, it's your own dumb fault. So she's standing on the street. She loved to say that phrase. It's your own dumb fault. And she said, you got in there. You can get out. And I was like, I can't. And she said, yes, you can. Sure enough, I could. Uh, eventually, I squeezed my head through there, and I got out of there. But that idea that if I have done something stupid that has caused my mess, then I, I don't dare ask God for help in it is not good. Because I want you to see that here on this ship, Paul came up and he said, yeah, this is your own dumb fault, right? You shouldn't have done this. But those who had caused it and those who were innocent victims of it were still in the same sort of storm together. And God gives them that same message. Let's look at the, uh, the same message. Let's look at that message that he gives. For this very night where I stood, be, uh, th there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. I want to say this. I, am, I don't know exactly in the storm how God's going to show up. I don't know a ton about angels. I really don't. It's not an area where I've studied a whole lot. I mean, I know they exist, and I know they still function. I might have a couple behind me right now. I'd kind of like to think I do. Uh, but, uh, but, but God shows up in the midst of the storm. We never know exactly how he's going to do that, but that's what he does. And the word is there, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. This is the promise of God. You must stand before Caesar. In other words, you ain't dying here. You ain't dying here. And God has... Granted, you, all those who sail with you, okay? So don't worry. Here's what God says. We got you, okay? You're going to make it through this, okay? And I wanted you to see that. Please, please, please see that because I hear things like this all the time. Well, I'm in a mess of my own making. So who hasn't been in a mess of their own making? Who hasn't been in the storm because they were stupid, Okay, uh, they charged out when they should have been. We were down in Florida last April, and uh, <laughs> we, we, we were sitting on the beach watching the lightning out there, and we just thought it was pretty cool, and it seemed like pretty far away. And uh, pretty soon, the owner of the place we were staying came out, and he said, uh, we have more people die from lightning in Florida than we do from, I forget what he said, sharks or something like that. He said, you really might want to come in. We were just sitting there watching the storm. <laughs> you know, hey, this is fun. Uh, and maybe you have charged off, and you have created your own mess. You've created your own uh, world you're living in. Maybe you've had nothing to do with it. For some reason, in our minds, we think, hey, I'll call on God if it was kind of his, his deal, but it was my deal. I got to find my own way out. And I would say this. <laughs> there were both groups of people here in the storm. And God says, promises the same. We're going to take care of you. Isn't that awesome? I, I think so. I get, pre I get pretty excited about that. So as we come back and as we think about this whole idea of just God being with us, I want to emphasize again that, um, you know, something that God just continues to impress upon my heart is the total brokenness of this world that God has come into, total brokenness a lot of times of my world. And you see that God, God would do that? That's just amazing when I really understand what he did. You know, his reaching down, his coming down, his entering into the presence. And may I encourage you to realize that Emmanuel, God with us, is there in the midst of each storm. Oh no, he never lets go.
Through the calm and through the storm. Oh, no, he never lets go. Every high and every low. And uh, as much as we relish the easy times, the calm times, the mountaintop experiences, oftentimes it is those other, other places in our lives where we're growing the most, where we're learning to lean, where we're learning to trust, and we're learning to know him better. So... Can I encourage you, if you stand with me as we get ready just to close in prayer, if I could just encourage you while I shut my mouth for a couple minutes to just lean into God a little bit here, especially those in the midst of a storm. And maybe somebody even is listening to home that's looking and saying, God, yikes, it's really blowing. His promises are the same. His eternal promises are always true. And may we learn that in the midst of everything that we face, He is there. God with us enters into our lives as believers in Him. O oh, King, I want to lean on this promise. Um, I want to have my eyes open and look for you in the valley, in the wilderness, and in the storm. And Lord, I pray for those who know very well that right now they are in the midst of that storm. Lord, I pray that the presence of God would become so obvious to them, Lord, that they would be able to see you. As, as Paul saw the angel that stood before him, Lord, help them to see your hand working in their lives. And Lord, um, I pray for each one that's in this room with me right now, Lord, that we would just be able to, again, regardless of where we are, maybe just take some time just to rejoice in Emmanuel. Maybe it's some time to remember Emmanuel, that uh, it, it seems like in maybe a wilderness time that you are far away. Lord, draw us in with this powerful name, God with us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.